Okay. Now we have to do the button pushing. <laughs> oh, oops. Hold on. Let me turn that around. There we go. Uh, okay. So I was, I was literally about to do my introduction. I'm sorry. My, oh, no, you're good. My, uh, my two boys are here. And I asked them to move to the other table so I don't have to hear their, their YouTube in the background. Quick question. Can you hear their YouTube in the background? Nope. Awesome. And my eight-year-old, like, I'm about to talk. turn it down. Turn it down. I... I was literally about about to jump into it, and he comes over and grabs his chicken nuggets and go chicken nuggets, chicken chicken nuggets. <laughs> so that's how this podcast started. <laughs> <laughs> so first, Matt, welcome. Um, Thank you. The Common Humanity Podcast, where we are just here to have real human conversation. And so I really look forward to spending the next hour talking to you. And that's about it. Just talking, just having a good old convo. So first question goes like this. Matt, who are you? Wow, that's a loaded one. Um, you know, I'm just a regular guy. Um, I... Um, you know, I, I started this podcast, my own podcast, and ever since then, it's like um, <clears throat> I've become someone who either wants to or has, I haven't figured that part out, but uh, dedicate their life to helping other people. And uh, even if it's just to lend an ear while they tell their story or do something else, there's actually, a, I got a few irons in the fire that I'm working on um, since we've last talked. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to, I just want to help people. If I put them on the podcast and that helps them, if I just listen and it helps them, you know, um, I'm a family man too, taking care of my kids and, and, and my wife. And basically that's, that's pretty much it. Um, You're just a good human being. I guess, yeah. yeah. I like that. I dig that. <laughs> um, I do have to say, just in my own personal opinion, is that if you are trying to help people, I think you are already succeeding in helping people. So I think you do get to check that box off on, on it's, even if it's a work in progress. It is still, you're very much, you've already... If you've helped one person, you can say that you are a helper of people. Because there's that sounds good. Yeah, I firmly believe in the butterfly <laughs> effect. So if you help one, they'll pass it on, and we'll go from there. So, um, do you want to tell people real quick about your podcast and what that what that is, and kind of the direction the direction it started and the direction that it turned to at one point? 
Yeah, yeah. So I have a podcast. It's on Spotify, um, Amazon Music, Audible, and I believe Google Podcasts and Anchor. And I'm trying to get on Apple, but it's a real. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can curse, so I won't. Oh, go for um, it. No, no we, we're definitely. I, I'm just going to say it's a real bitch to get on Apple. Uh, it's called This Time in History. Um, originally, it's a few years ago. I started the podcast, but it was just me <laughs> talking to myself. And uh, I was like, well, this is boring. No one's going to want to listen to this. So I, I put it away. And then uh, last December, um, I, I, well, my my co-host is part of our family, mm -hmm. but uh, last December, like last November, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll do your podcast with you. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we spent a month planning and we did it. And originally it was going to be about history, uh, covering like people, places and, and, and events in history. Unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is of the tragic nature. And then uh, about the third episode in, we covered... Uh, uh, I don't want to say case, but I'll, uh, that's the only word I can think of. So case on uh, this uh, BC teenager who took her own life. Her name's Amanda Todd. And then things kind of just exploded from there. And that's where we are now. Um, it's all a lot of social justice stuff, a lot of um, letting people tell their story. And um, my co-host had to actually step away because uh, he, he's having some, some medical problems. So it, now it's just me again. But so instead of doing the topic formats and blending them in with interviews, now we just, now it's just strictly interviews at least until he gets back. And then, um, so yeah, so the interviews I do is just basically survivor stories mixed in with success stories, kind of like, because, you know, you can go heavy and heavy and heavy and heavy, and then you kind of need a break. So yeah. I slip in the success stories, the kind of lighthearted ones. Recently, I did an interview with uh, a gentleman named Larry Hankin. I don't know if you know him. He's uh, He played Mr. Heckles on Friends. Okay. And a bunch of other ones. Yeah, so I, I, I um, interviewed him. It was great. You know, I, I've interviewed a psychic medium, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I insert those where I think we need a break because we've gone heavy. And, uh, you know, I like the direction of the podcast. I like where we're going. I think we have a lot of a lot of more ground to cover, you know. And uh, basically, yeah, that's that's where it's at. Sorry, that's kind of long winded. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say you. I feel like, well, just dealing with humans in general, you have. Um, a lot of material. There's, there's one. There's a lot of people who have gone through some rough shit. There's a, a lot of people who've come out on the other side. There's a lot of stories to tell, and that is. I mean, I think that that is. Um, well, one, I think it's brave for people to tell their stories, but it's also very therapeutic when you finally find your voice. Um, so being able to give somebody that platform, I think, is amazing. But then also you're talking about on the social justice side of things. Our world is a little fucked <laughs> at the moment. Yes, it is. And yes, so, it is. Um, yeah, being able to have a platform to speak about those things and really bring the human side to it. Because I think in a lot of the discussions um, with everything that's happening in our world, the the piece that 
is oftentimes missing is the human part because when we look at policies or whatever decisions that government makes and things like that um you can read all you want like what the rules and regulations are going to be but i feel like in general with humans they don't really grasp that until it's personal and so being able to let people tell their stories um helps people realize just how personal all of this stuff is that it's not just i think we have this problem as humans that like it can never happen to us like not in my backyard and then people realize that it does happen in their backyard and it does happen to their friends and their family and and it can be any number of things you know all of the taboo topics <laughs> um yes definitely i will say that um i i I don't know how it is in different parts of the states, but here in Canada and specifically Ontario, we have a huge problem with child protection services. And, and the, the issue stems from one of two problems, either a, the, the person who's supposed to be governing, we, we call them the children's aid society here. Okay. The person, the person that's supposed to be governing them is asleep at the wheel or they aren't governed. And that's the major problem because they can unilaterally make a decision that's going to affect your life, your children's life. And, and there's no one there to say, well, you can't do that. Something as simple as I, I did an interview and this lady literally lost her kids because she had a special needs child who likes to get out of the house and go wander. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's hard. If like the kids are, um, you know, depending on what time they get up in the morning. So, I mean, she was previously involved. She called me, she said, Hey, um, I don't really know what else to do here. Is it okay if I put a lock on the outside of the door? I'm asking you guys, is that okay? And I don't know that they answered the question. Um, it's all in the interview. I, I, I'm having trouble recalling it, but they, they gave the impression that that was okay for that situation. But that was the reason that they used to take all the kids, you know? Um, and, and obviously I have experience with that stuff, both as a child and a parent. And again, there's, there's nobody governing these people. So one thing that I am pushing for, one of the irons in the fire I was talking about before is child protection reform. It needs to be, it needs to, it, we need to take a wrecking ball to the, to the shit and it needs to be rebuilt. It needs to be governed properly. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, as well, like, so on the American political spectrum, I fall somewhere between a moderate and an anarchist. <laughs> so, like, I'm over here with a, we have to fix all of our stuff. And then there's the other part of me that's just like, you know, we probably need to burn it down and start again. <laughs> there's so many. I'm just like, yeah, we can, we can keep putting band-aids on our healthcare system, but it's not ever going to be fixed 
We can keep putting band-aids on education, but it's not going to be fixed. We can keep putting band-aids on our government in general, but it's not going to be fixed. Um, I'm not quite to the point of like calling for revolution, at least not actively in my head on occasion, definitely. But <laughs> well, that's good. That's because you don't have to deal with someone named Justin Trudeau. Uh, well, I do have to deal with an entire government who wants to um, have governmental rule over my uterus. So yeah, I heard. I heard about that. <laughs> um. Yeah, my. It's funny because I'll say quickly around the time that we did our interview, which seems like a lifetime ago, (laughs) um, I actually wanted to do an episode on Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. But my co host is like, you know, I don't really know much about that. You'd have to carry the episode. And I was like, hmm. So I decided to hold off, at least until I was able to get like a a female. guest star or guest yeah. host or just for that episode right and i was never able to do that and now the whole shit's blown up <laughs> well so so what's interesting is and i don't have the so my mom is a fifth grade teacher they go over constitution um government all of that and so she has all of these resources so what i knew up until two weeks ago with roe v raid was essentially that that was the case that made it so that abortion rights were protected that that essentially abortion is considered health care and they can't legalize or illegalize criminalize it there we go they can't criminalize it um and like that's the extent that i knew of it right i didn't have all of the details. So the other day I asked my mom, cause she's always talking about this website that she uses with her students where they actually like, it pulls up Supreme court cases. It, um, it has like all of like the pros and cons and what everyone said. It actually can like read you what was said in the court, all of the stuff. And I was like, so what exactly does Roe v. Wade say? And it essentially lines out, um, the restrictions on abortions. It says that you cannot criminalize abortions in the first trimester. First trimester, like abortions are legal. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Second trimester, these are the reasons that, like, um, if the child isn't viable, if it's a danger to the mother, and like a couple of other things as to, like, what kind of abortions like when abortions are legal and when they can be made illegal and then third trimester so it like breaks them up so a lot of i don't i think a lot of what the like well a lot a lot of the problem is that people really simplify it down um and just the fact that for so long I thought Roe v. Wade was just like, you're allowed to have abortions, woo, when in actuality it is the one that started putting limitations on abortions, and it says you can have abortions with these limitations. And so it's not just like Roe v. Wade is there, so it's a free-for-all for like everyone should get an abortion or anything, um, which I think is really funny because in our media, it's essentially like 
if you have Roe v. Wade, it means that, like, people are just allowed to kill babies all willy-nilly, which is not the case. It literally just, yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, and I think the probably the most interesting part about it is how much or how little information people have. But also, I feel like, and not like, in a conspiracy theory way, but just as like a human being living in this world. But I feel like how much information the people in charge don't want us to have. Because if they wanted everyone to make an educated decision, they would lay it all out in front of us and say, like, here's all the things we're discussing, but they're not. Like, they do everything behind closed doors. There's no transparency. And then they're in shock when you know, everyone's going at each other's throats because we're all fighting the same battle, but like, I cannot tell you how many times I have, like, I have friends who are very left left wing and friends who are very right wing and they just, like, yell at each other but they're yelling the same thing and I'm just like, you guys literally want the same thing. You're just not agreeing on how to get there and really um yelling at each other is not the way to do that. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I guess that's the entertainment part of politics. You know, it's, it's a yelling match. And then, but at the end of the day, most, most times the issue never gets addressed right. because the spectacle is the argument. It's not the issue. It's the argument. And that's part of the problem. And that, you know, that's Canadian and United States. Um, I guess, I guess, I mean, that's both countries. It's probably happens all over the world, but I'm sure it does. <laughs> like, um, I don't know how much you pay attention to, uh, uh, Canadian politics. So right now in Ontario, we're going in a, uh, we're having a provincial election, but we're also having a municipal election. So like all the cities are going to be voting for mayor and city council and stuff like that. But at the same time, right before that, so that happens in October, but in June, we're going to choose our provincial government. So we have uh, everybody like they're running in the province right now. Excuse me. So we have, uh, it's three main parties. We have the NDP, we have the PC, and we have the Liberals. So this happened a couple days ago. I actually did a TikTok video about it. We have a, there's a federal NDP leader. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him before. His name's Jagmeet Singh. Probably not. Anyway, uh, he was, he's the federal leader, but he's helping out in the provincial election. So he was at uh, Peterborough, which is a city in Ontario, and he was at one of the, uh, one of the candidates' offices. And as he was leaving, there was a crowd of people with signs because they were picketing because they don't like the NDP. And he came out, and so he's an Indian guy or something like that, and he wears a turban. Yeah. And so they were like, you're a traitor, you're a traitor, you're a fucking traitor. We don't like you, you're a traitor. So on the news later, he goes, you know, I love the city of Peterborough and I love all you guys. And I know this was only just a few people, but, 
you know, it's not good to participate in hate speech. This was a hate crime, blah, 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 blah. It was not a hate crime. They're not saying you're a traitor because he was wearing a turban. They were saying he's a traitor because, okay, so we had the federal election last year. So between that election, which he lost, <laughs> and the, and right now, he decided to join forces with Justin Trudeau to keep Justin Trudeau in power instead of triggering another election because uh, right now our federal government is what's called a minority government because they don't have enough seats to fill the majority. Sorry if I'm boring you. Very good. <laughs> I'm just like um, adding it all up in my head. So, so what they're yelling traitor about is it's not like, okay, so before the federal election last year, he didn't go in front of his voters and go, hey guys, um, when I lose the election, I'm going to form a union with Justin Trudeau. And if he had done that, the NDP wouldn't have gotten a single vote. The liberals would be out of office and we'd have the PC fixing every mess, mess that uh, Justin Trudeau has ever made. That's just my personal opinion. And uh, so it, it just baffles my mind that he's calling it a hate crime when it's so clearly not a hate crime. You know, they didn't, they, they, they probably swore at him, they called him a traitor, but they did not, as far as I know, there were no, no racial or religious slurs hurled at him. Nothing like that at all. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, and I have to, we'll paint a picture here real quick. So yeah. if you were in a position where you, um, if you were, we'll say talked down to because of the way you represent yourself, um, whether it is your race or your religion on a regular basis throughout your life. And then you hear the same kind of, um, we'll just say hate, same kind of like talking down to you at another point in your life. Do you think you would be able to draw the conclusion that, of why those things are being said to you if throughout your life it has been for one reason versus oh, no i i understand what you're saying and yeah that, that would probably be difficult but it's just for me it's just another example of the government running away from accountability so well yeah and i i can see on the government side of things i'm thinking more of like an individual because oh i see what you're saying because from what you said, that he said that it was a hate crime. And so what I'm saying is that to him, it may have felt like that it was racially or religiously motivated because that is the, like, that's the, the rhetoric that he's used to. And he's used to hearing those things because of that. And so, and I only, I only say that because can I say most of my life? What year are we in? <laughs> it's not most of my life yet, but a good chunk of my life has, well, no, it is most of my life. It was 2001. Cause that, <laughs> so I'm thinking like trying to figure out when nine 11 was. Um, so most of my life has been post nine 11 at this point. Um, and in that time, the amount of hate speech towards, um, anyone who 
vaguely look could be mis who who is um muslim or can be misconstrued as muslim so in this guy's case he's probably like a sikh or something like that um and i've had a number of indian friends in my life and so they've had those same issues because people don't understand and um i don't know if i can say i have a lot of faith in humanity um but because <laughs> like there, there's this little piece of me that's just like we had there's hope and then there's the piece of me that's just like and eh, we should just nuke us all i don't know um <laughs> but i don't know in my experience when you whether it's religious re religiously based or um well here i'm gonna tangent real quick to my own experience i am a woman and so i have been treated for a good chunk of my life as if I am lesser than or um, incompetent or uh, that I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time because of my gender. And so now I have much more confidence and a, a lot less give a shit about what other people are saying. But there are mm -hmm. still times when people talk to me. So, like, essentially I'm triggered with the idea that I actually have to actively go in and say that that's not what they're saying to me. Like, I know it sounds a lot like the people who used to say that say mean things and talk condescendingly to me. But I have to actively go in and change those thoughts. So I guess my point is that you have the perspective that, you know, that's not why they were saying those things. But he as an individual might not see that perspective because he has a, a much different lived experience than you. I see what you're saying. That was my, that was my ramble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but no, I can totally see. And I think, because I don't know, I probably should just as like, you know, someone who lives in the world. That'd be a lot of knowledge to have, though um know how the government in canada works since you guys are our neighbors and everything but are you guys like i guess i always kind of assumed that it was relatively the same as ours so there's rep you guys have representatives it's so it's kind of the same. So a province for us is like a state for you guys. I don't know how often your state elections are or if they run the same time as the federal election. All three levels of our government, we have uh, we have federal, we have uh, state, provincial, mm -hmm. and then we have municipal, but they all run at different times. Right. Yeah. Ours Whereas is I think your guys is they're not the same. They're not uh, all together or. No, so our, so federal is every four years, state is every two years, and then, I mean, I, I honestly can't even, I think, I think the rest are every two years, but there are some senators that are in for like six years, I don't know, there's like, there's a, there's a whole jumbled mess, um, but they're not all, like sometimes they line up at the same time and sometimes they don't, but... Uh. Um, state and municipal happen more regularly than federal. That's what I know. 
I wait until I get a postcard in the mail that says today is your voting day. This is where you get to go. And then I'm like, oh, hey, I have to, I have to vote. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> well, voting, uh, at least in Ontario, is, is very, I wish it wasn't, but it's very divisive issue. Um, <clears throat> I had a, one of my wife's friends came over the other day. And um, so I'm supporting Doug Ford. It's not a secret. Um, I, I like to tell people that I, I don't wear a, a political stripe, but I guess I do. But I, I'll tell you this much. If Doug Ford wasn't the leader, the premier of, of Ontario, if it was somebody else, I might feel differently. It's because it's Doug Ford. His brother is Rob Ford. He was, unfortunately, he's best known as the crack-smoking mayor of Toronto. I don't know if you ever heard that. <laughs> no. Okay. It's true. Look it up. Uh, unfortunately, his brother passed away. I think it was in 20, 2016. Um, so Doug has um, kind of taken the place because I like to think that if Rob was still alive, he'd be the premier of Ontario. But anyway, so it's because he's the premier. So anyway, I actually live in his riding for as the as the uh, premier of Ontario. Every so every politician has a riding. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I live in his writing. So I have a sign with his name on my on my front lawn. My wife's friend came over the other day and proceeded to try to take it out of the ground. I said, what the fuck are you doing? That's my sign. That belongs to me. That's mine. And then, uh, I mean, she was only going to, she only was going to like, uh, she was like just beginning to take it out. Yeah. And then. I put the stop to that. I was like, I would never go over to your house and take a sign out if it was a person I didn't agree with. I, and I told her that. I said, if you had a sign that says Justin Trudeau or whomever, and I didn't like that person, I'm not going to do that. that. That's a line I don't cross. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it goes back to that, just that human thing is that we are all so, I'll say we're all stuck in our own ways of thought that we just, instead of having conversations with people, we're just like, no, that's not okay. Like, I cannot tell you, I mean, I will be straight up. There are a lot of people. So I live in Wyoming, right? Nowhere near the Confederacy. There are people who drive around with, it, with the American flag, the Confederate flag, which to me are two completely opposite things. <laughs> like you, you can't be a Confederate and an American because they <laughs> one anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, and then like a Trump flag and do I say things under my voice? Yes. But have I ever gone and taken down anybody's flags? No, because one, I live in Wyoming. I don't have time for that. There's a lot of them, <laughs> but <laughs> Um, at the end of the day, like, it's your property, it's your opinion, and taking, taking down someone's sign, taking, um, trashing somebody else's property, any of that, that's not going to change their opinion. If anything, that's going to stoke their fire against whatever it is they're against. Whereas, if you sit down with somebody and have a conversation, and again, bring that that human to the conversation say these are the reasons that i support the people i support what are the reasons you support the people you support 
and I have um, multiple people, like, and I'm not, I don't like, I'm very open about my opinions, but I'm not like, well, I guess it's pretty easy for me to say who I support politically because it's almost zero. It's almost nobody. I'm not like, there's not been a single person who has run for president who I'm like, ooh, I want that guy or gal. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, but I have friends who, and it, I mean, it was a big thing with Trump because I think they know that because of the things I talk about, I'm not a big fan of Trump. But I, I would ask people, I'm like, okay, why do you support him? And there's so many times where people have said, well, I can't talk to you about this because you, like, you don't like him, so I can't say the things that I like about him. And I'm like, no, like, I want to have this conversation. I want to know because they're from every president that has happened in my lifetime, good things have happened and bad things have happened because our government is run by humans and humans do good and bad things. Um, I also just see the president of the United States as like a puppet. Like basically their job is just to be the pretty face of the country because at the end of the day, they're not the ones who have power. The Senate and the House have power. And I think if more people realize that, they'd vote different. Not like different parties, but like they'd actually pay more attention to when they need to vote because the people who actually make and enforce the laws are not the president, but there's so much weight put on the president. But again, that's a whole different thing. But just the idea that when people have differing views, that they refuse to talk about it because they don't want to have uncomfortable conversations. And I'm just like, nope, we're just going to, we're just going to dive straight into discomfort because that's where change happens. Well, I will say that as an outsider and, and I've said this before, I don't know if, if you and I touched on this, I'm also not a big fan of Trump. However, this might not be popular, but I don't believe What's happening in, in Ukraine would happen right now if Trump was president. And the reason is because Trump's crazy and Putin's crazy. But I think that Trump's crazy outdoes Putin's crazy. And I think that Trump's crazy makes Putin afraid. And anybody else in the president's seat, Putin doesn't doesn't care about right now you guys have a dementia patient in the president's seat and and that's the only reason other than that like trump made a complete ass of himself in in the four years he was president which is why he wasn't reelected. whether or not i agree with that is is not doesn't matter i'm canadian i don't get to vote but he, he did himself in <laughs> yeah um but so yeah, that, that's the, that's the way i see it my only my only argument to that is that like Trump and Putin became kind of buddy buddy and so I don't know that it would have changed anything cuz I think Trump would have let him do it. He would have been like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Like you should totally be able to go in and take this land. I'm not going to stop good, you." That's a good so, point. And I also I also think it's funny. I don't know if you know this. 
But uh, sanctions were made against Justin Trudeau, against Doug Ford, against the Toronto mayor uh, right now, John Tory, and whoever the Ottawa mayor is, I don't know. Sanctions were made that if they step foot in Russia, they're going to be arrested. I understand Justin Trudeau, and maybe I can even understand Doug Ford, but why would you put put a sanction against the Toronto and Ottawa mayors? I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have skin in the game? I, don't know. I think it's it's funny, but maybe not funny. So I am I'm a Ukrainian descendant. Um, my great grandparents came to America early 1900s, 1920s maybe. During a great time, um, but essentially trying to. Uh, um, what escape dirt when they were like founding the USSR? Um, when when Ukraine belonged to Russia, and so I have like I feel like this ancestral pull. So there's all these people who are like, oh, I don't know if we should support Ukraine because you know they're kind of sketch too, and Russia's kind of sketch. And we don't really know what's happening, and I'm like, that's all fine and dandy, but my ancestors are like those farmers. Like, those farmers are badass, and that's my bloodline. And, like, the old lady who handed the soldier sunflower seeds and told him to, like, that at least when he dies on her land that he'll plant flowers, like, that's the kind of thing that my brain is just like, that blood, that blood runs through me. So I'm going to, um, so, like, I don't know. It's weird because I'm, I'm visiting my family up in North Dakota right now. Um, my cousin graduates this weekend and like, it's, I mean, I think it's more common now, but it's, we were in a, at a track meet yesterday and there's Ukrainian flags flying next to American flags because people here are Ukrainian. Like they, I, my cousin's husband is like, he literally immigrated here when he was like nine, I think. So and she lives out in Seattle. Like I visited them a few years ago and they they both serve in the American military. Um, but they have a Ukrainian and an American flag because that's like their nationality, that's their countries, all of that good stuff. So I think it's very interesting. Um, because there's the political side of things, but then there's the again, the human side of things. And there's I don't know when when all the stuff started going down and everyone like all the sanctions on Russia and you know there's the multiple sides where people are like well it's not really going to do anything or it's really just going to hurt the Russian people and not the people you're trying to hurt and just all of it but it's like on a, the political scheme we can only I mean without actually putting men on the ground or launching nukes or whatever, the only way we can wage war is economically. And the only impact we can have without having to put our own people's lives on the line is withholding money, which side note doesn't even exist. <laughs> What's well, funny B at the LCBOs here, every Russian product has been taken off the shelf. And it's 
I don't know. I think it's become a common way, not just with like big things with the Russian Ukrainian conflict. Um, but it's, I don't know. I think it's part of like the whole cancel culture. It's part of the idea that if you have a problem with something, you fight them with your pocketbook. So if you don't, like, if you think that Nike is a terrible thing, because, you know, they, I don't even remember what they did that pissed people off. <laughs> I don't. Um, but if, I mean, you're supposed to show them by just not supporting Nike, or there's so many other brands. Disney, um, what was the thing they did recently? Support, I think it was it was something about, like supporting gay and trans people i have no idea obviously i'm paying a lot of attention <laughs> <laughs> it was like two weeks ago my brain has moved on um which is another bad thing about the world we live in right now is that there's so much happening and we see all of it that it all becomes moot so quickly there's still good people in the world though i will tell you that um, personally, I can tell you that. Uh, so quick story yesterday. So we're building a shed in the backyard and I'm a little afraid of heights, but my wife's like, you got to get up there and, and you gotta, you know, you gotta do the roof, put the shingles on and all that shit. So I got up there and yeah, I didn't like it. And then I got stuck and I, I, couldn't get down so my arm to the to the to the top perch of the fucking shed and and i'm i'm dangling there and i'm like because it's 10 feet in the air i'm like uh can you get me the ladder so i can get down and i couldn't get down and then there's a a, a gentleman who was walking down my street he's like do you need some help i'm like yes i'm gonna fall off this roof i need some help so he helped me he helped me get down and uh this is just a quick story for I've not I haven't told that story yet, so <laughs> you're the first one. I, I well, I'm glad that you you survived that dangerous feat. <laughs> and that the gentleman was there to help you. Um, yes. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I mean I definitely know that this girl that this that there is good in the world. I think that's where, um, like, my hope for humanity, like, still exists. So, like, when I look at humanity in general, so, like, I always tell people, I like persons, but I don't like people. Because, like, individual people, like, an individual person, I'm like, damn, you're, like, you're cool, you're respectful, you, like, you can have a, a decent conversation, you can, like, hear other people's point of view, like, I think the majority of people, if you get them alone and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them, I think the majority of persons are really good, but when you start putting them in groups, and then, like, giving them any way to amplify their voice, whether it's technology or megaphones or whatever, like, we have all of this collective human knowledge from history, from just like all of the experiences we've all had. And then we all just like forget about it. 
like you get some if you get any sort of amplification device you just go dumb and <laughs> i even say that for myself like if you put a microphone in front of me i'll be like you'll be giving like a, a lecture series on something really really smart and scientific and then you hand me a microphone and i'd be like um uh, uh, <clears throat> i was so so yeah that's my theory is that just persons give me hope people are what make me want to burn humanity to the ground <laughs> so. that's funny <laughs> Which is also why I only like socialize in very small groups. Because <laughs> when you add like more than four people to a room, I get really irritated by existence. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it sounds like a personal problem for me, but also, yeah. It's actually common. It's, it's very, very, very common. I have to go on anything um, again. You talk. Uh, yeah, no, um, I don't know. So, uh, you said you're going to North Dakota or you're in North Dakota? I'm in North Dakota. So, that's awesome. I've never been there before. So, I'm, I only, I only ever, than I was before. <laughs> I, I only ever, um, Spent one night in in the U.S. in Niagara Falls, New York, when I was a teenager. Huh? One night. Uh, other than that, you know, I've been here. <laughs> um, I, I don't uh, I don't get the opportunity to travel very often. And now with the you know three kids and everything, so uh, you know, a vacation for me would have been I don't know three four hundred dollars. Now with three kids, it's like, <laughs> it's like you better at least bring 2,500, if not more dollars. Yeah. It's because not only is it going to cost to go wherever you're going, that, but if, for example, if, if there's something there to do, well, the kids are going to want to do it. So then you have to pay for that too. And so, I mean, that's, that's another problem that this whole all the prices are going up. The gas is out of control. The grocery shelves are empty. Everything costs more money. And I mean, I, everyone wants to blame it on the whole Russia thing because of the gas. But in Canada, we have our own oil, but I don't know if we use it because I, I don't know how it goes. But you guys must must at least have one spot it, i think it's in arizona or something where you produce your own oil so why the fuck are we buying oil overseas why why so okay so i know in america so we do we have multiple places i i have friends and family who work in the oil field like north dakota there's i mean they're pumping oil all the time um, Wyoming, not as much just cause they don't, we don't have as many, uh, we're more natural gas. Um, but some of the big hoopla was, so like there was the XL pipeline that got passed, but then got shut down and all of that. 
which wasn't even American oil um, to begin with. We were just shipping Canadian oil, essentially. Um, But still, whatever. But then, like, one of the things that people are mad about is that, you know, Trump said that they could drill in specific places and now that got shut down because those specific places that he wanted to drill in happened to be wildlife reserves. So they're protected national forests and things like that. So then there's the whole side of like, okay, what's worth more, nature or profit? I'm on the nature side because I prefer nature and whatever. Um, But yeah, so there's that whole thing. My friend and granted how much you trust what you see on TikTok or whatever. But my friend sent me a TikTok the other day of, um, I don't know, some woman at, it looked like she was in some sort of governmental meeting, but there was this graph of how, like, the Ukrainian-Russian war started and oil prices skyrocketed so gas prices skyrocketed but then since then oil prices have dropped down to where they were before and gas prices are still where they were and continuing to rise so there's something else at play in like why things either why things cost so much or where the profit is going and there's some people who are saying oh well now it it costs more money to actually like turn crude oil into um i don't know diesel or whatever i don't know how it's all done that is not my well, specialty i just know that i live in a town with a refinery and it smells bad That's what I know. well i can tell you specifically for canada uh, that that joke of a prime minister justin trudeau has introduced something he likes to call a carbon tax because he believes in climate change and it's making everything cost more so on top of the extra money uh that it now costs for gas you're right gas keeps going up so the other excuse that i heard about why the gas keeps going up is because uh all the governments and all all the people that are used to making all the money they want to uh, um, they want to try to make up a lot of the money they lost during COVID. That's what I heard. Which, even if that were the case, that I mean, that would be a reason to revolt um, because that's not their place. <laughs> that's one of the things I think that bothers me. I rant about this a lot when it comes to the U.S. government is that we're supposed to be a representative democracy, which means that every person who works in the government is supposed to work for the people, but they don't. Like, their their job is to vote for what the people want, but that's not what they do. They, I mean, they vote for whoever is paying them most, which in like we're gonna go with 95 percent of the cases is not the american people um there are corporations that have been given the same rights as people which i think is some utter bullshit um but yeah it's 
It's all a money game. And then it goes back to the thing that I dropped earlier, that money doesn't even exist. Doesn't even exist. Like, we all just say it exists, and it's not a real thing. And our whole lives depend on it. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I also want to fake my death and wander off into the forest and live like a mountain man. So you gotta measure that a little bit. Like, not everybody wants that life. Other people are like, you know what I really want to do on vacation? I want to sit on a beach with a margarita. And I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to explore in the woods by myself with the wild. And then I get weird looks. <laughs> I probably should have been raised by wolves. It would have turned out better. I might be nicer if I were raised by wolves. Maybe. I told my wife, I said, let's go camping. We'll we'll go up. Uh, there's a there's a spot up by Hudson Bay. You know, we'll park the car. We'll rent a canoe. We'll sleep in the dirt. And she's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm like, what's wrong? You get a tent. We'll set it up. We sleep in the dirt. She's like, no. She's like, uh, if you want to do a trailer or a cabin, you know, let's do it. And I'm like, what? You don't want to sleep in the dirt? <laughs> so there's going to be an overshare, just so you know. Um, my general rule, I had I had an ex-boyfriend who was had never... So he's from Pakistan, and he is from money, and his idea of camping was sleeping in his dad's atrium while his servants like fanned him or turned fans onto him when it got too hot. Um, then he moved to Colorado. That's where I met him and Colorado, you camp. So I told him he was, I told him, I was like, it's not camping unless you poop outside. It's just not. And so we stayed friends for a while after we broke up and he was like, yeah, I'm going camping with some of my friends from college. I'm like, really? Did you like, where are you going to sleep? He's like, well, I'm just going to sleep in my car. And I was like, okay, that's not camping. Um, are you going to poop outside? And he was like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, okay, like we've had this discussion. It's not camping unless you poop outside. Like you have to be one with nature. And the only way to be one with nature is to take number two with nature. That's it. Those are the rules. <laughs> That's well put. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway. <laughs> My theories on life. <laughs> oh. Okay. So. We've had a great conversation so far. But we are going to close this down. With. A couple of random questions. I love questions. Boom. <laughs> so we each get three. And they start easier and they get harder. Or more complicated, I guess. I don't know. Would you like right or left? Is that, is, hold on. Is that Cards Against Humanity? No. It is a <laughs> game called How Game Are You? Oh, I'll take the right hand. Right hand. Okay. Your first question. What is the best job or self-employment you have had to date? Oh, definitely the podcast, even though I don't make any money. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'm in the exact same boat. Um, 
Okay, mine is, do you have any irrational fears? I don't think they're irrational. I think they're very rational, but calling people on the phone. <laughs> uh, it's totally see, that's, that's, the, that's the problem. What defines as irrational? Because I am deathly afraid of raccoons. Is there a reason they're vicious. I'll throw my own kid in front of the raccoon and run. See, I would call that a rational fear. <laughs> is mine, mine, okay. Mine is a, like, I don't know. I've always had it. I've, I've gotten much better at being able to talk to people. But like, the fact that you can talk to people with video chat now has saved me because I like being able to see facial expressions. Um, you can't tell... Like, I feel like text is impersonal enough that you can sort of, I mean, I don't have really texting conversations anyway, um, but it's impersonal enough that there's not as much at stake, but like on a phone call, like you don't know what someone's thinking. You don't know what they look like. You don't know how they're reacting. You like, there's just all of the, the aspects of communication that I'm better at. Cause I talk with my hands and have a very expressive face. Like, those are the ways I understand people. And when it's just words, it's just really frightening. And then there's just like this whole, like, what if they don't pick up? What if they're not picking up because they don't want to talk to me? What if they're not talking to me because they hate me? What if they hate me? Because like all of that stuff that has just been ingrained in me since I was a kid. And it's not just like friends and family. I used to have to practice to order a pizza. I was like, I want a large pepperoni pizza with green onions. And they were like, excuse me, what? I'm like, <clears throat> I, hi, I would like to order a pizza. And it was just terrifying. And then you could do it online. And I was like, oh, technology, you have saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, so somebody, I've made a new friend recently and we had a couple conversations via text and then like a week ago he called me when I was in class and I texted him afterwards and I was like did you mean to call me because I wasn't going to call him back if it was like a pocket dial because that would just like send me into a panic attack <laughs> but yeah anyway so phone calls that's my the closest <laughs> thing I have to irrational fear your second question what would be someone amazing adventures to go on um i always said if i won the lottery i, I would uh rent an rv and i'd be gone nice probably travel. i probably I, what i would do is i would go down the east coast to florida across the bottom and then up the west coast and then up back to where i started that's so what I would do. Wyoming all together because we're in the middle. You're just going <laughs> to skip us, like we don't even, like we don't even matter. Listen, I, I'm I'm already scared enough to even drive through California. <laughs> There's a lot of twisting, windy roads. Let's see, in Wyoming, there there are two interstates. They go like this. They pass right through Cheyenne. They just they're straight in one direction and straight in the other direction. You just that's. You go up and down a little bit when you get into the, but it, they're like really gradual climbs. There's not a lot of like steep mountain climbs because we're the high plateaus. So we're already like 
were already really high. So you just like gradually get higher until, because like Cheyenne, um, I always laugh at people. So I grew up in Cheyenne and then I went to school in Bozeman, Montana, which is in a mountain valley. So Cheyenne's mm -hmm. at like 6,000 some odd feet. And then Bozeman's at 4,000 some odd feet. So I moved to Montana. So I'm living in the mountains and people are like, oh my God, it's like, it's like the, the altitude, like really getting to you since you came from such a flat area. And I was like, it's 2000 feet lower here. And they're like, no, it's not. We're in the mountains. And I'm like, great mountains, high plains. Like we're literally like, <laughs> we're like a plateau and just like a big ass plateau in the middle of the country. You just, I don't know. Whatever. But it's like something that people don't understand is that you can be flat and high at the same time. And now I'm in North Dakota. And so yesterday we were driving through the Badlands, which is below sea level. So it was funny actually coming up here. We're driving. My mom was like, oh, look, there's the sign for the highest point in North Dakota. And my six year old <laughs> is just like, oh, is it the mountain? We should go climb it. And we were like, it's not a mountain. <laughs> that hill like it's oh yeah that's funny <laughs> anyway okay but yeah so are there any oh no um are there any of those adventures like anything specifically you want to see or just want to uh, i uh i've always wanted to be to uh, go to new york city that's okay. one thing uh, other than that, it's just um, the rest of it for me is just garnish. But, you know, my kids get to see it. I think that's worth it. If you ever make it to New York City, I recommend this to everybody, though I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. There's a bar called La Hametanata. I cannot ever say that right. Um, You're going to have to write that one down for me. <laughs> it's a gypsy bar. Um, and yeah, it's like ultimate dive bar, but fun, interesting things happen there. That's all. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so my question is if you were shipwrecked with 10 people who all took on survival roles, what would yours be? Um, I would probably definitely be the one in charge. Uh, cause I'm not putting my survival in anybody else's hands. Um, so I would be the one probably bossing people around. I'd be like, you're going to do this. You're going to do like, these are where your skills are. I was going to ask you a question, but I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll. I would have to agree with you and, and choose the same thing. I'm not putting my uh, life in other people's hands. So I would probably be the one in charge. I think, okay, so I am going to ask you this question. And this is a, a question that I ask people. Judge me if you want. <laughs> if you were in a post-apocalyptic state um, and, like, you just needed to survive, would you, if, if they died of natural causes, not of disease, not of murder, anything like that, but if they died of natural causes... Would you eat a person? Probably not. We're not going to be in the same camp then. Well, that's, <laughs> you not being willing to eat people doesn't put you not in my camp. 
there's I have some people in my camp who are not willing to eat people, but they have enough skills and they're not going to stop us from eating people. But I'm definitely well, I, wouldn't, the, like, I wouldn't stop you from doing what you want to do. It's just it's just a personal thing. I don't think I could, you know. You know, what do you, what do you, what do you, barbecue sauce or ketchup or? I would say teriyaki. <laughs> Honestly, Look, we're, we're post-apocalyptic. We're going to find whatever herbs we can in the forest. <laughs> Season it up a bit. <laughs> I, I ask people this question a lot. Um... And so, like, it's funny because the first time I asked my mom, I was like, if, and it was me, I was like, I was like, if I died of, like, natural causes, would you eat me to survive? And she was like, no, I could never. And I was like, all right, mom, just so you know, like, I'm going to be like, thank you very much for everything you did for me. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Okay, that's what I do. You do what you got to do. And then I had, um, there was this guy who worked for me a couple years ago. And I asked him this question. And then he was just like, asking everybody. And like, so we're working at the Y, which is like a rec center, right? So like, there's old mm -hmm. people walking down the high hallway. And he's just like, hey, let me ask you a question. I'm like, no, no. Like, I asked you that question behind closed doors like this. <laughs> This is not the time or place. You don't just get to ask random old people if they'll eat people. That's not how this works. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> okay, your last question for the day. If you were able to choose your manner of death, how would you die? Uh, uh, your kids are not in the room, right? <laughs> You, you cut out for a second. Did you answer? I said your, I said no. I said your kids are not in the room, right? They are not. Okay, you asked for it. I've always told my wife that when I'm 100 years old, that I am going to cheat on her with a 20 year old girl and die during sex. That's what I said. Awesome. Um. Ah. Mine is that I'm going to go I'm also at like a hundred years old. <laughs> I'm going to go skydiving naked without a parachute. And then my friends and I joke that about the poor boy scouts that are going to find that. <laughs> Cause we joke about it. Like, like a flying squirrel and how they have the, the loose skin. I'm going to just be finding a naked old lady body smushed in. Yep, that's how I'm going to go. So, <laughs> I like your plan. I like, you know, you've you've got a good thing going there. All right, my last question. Is there anything that you regret not doing in life so far, but could still do? If so, when will you do it? Um, I wouldn't say regret. Uh, I gave up a I gave up my dreams of traveling when I had kids. Like, I chose to have kids instead of traveling in my younger days because I knew that I could still travel later, and now I get to travel with them. So, um, 
It's a work in progress. They're not interested in traveling with me yet. So they're like, it's boring. I don't want to do that. So they're probably not going to go to Machu Picchu with me, but that's fine. They don't want to hike forever. Um, but that was that was the thing that I kind of, I wouldn't call it a regret, but it's the, the trade-off that I made was starting a family versus traveling the world. So I think for me, um, I don't have a specific one, but I find that when I encounter a roadblock, I kind of just, I don't want to say accept it, but I kind of do, I guess. And then I just, I guess, move on to something else. Um, and I, and I, I want to stop doing that. Uh, I, I'd want to fight through it, maybe find a, a, a different way of accomplishing whatever it is that I want to accomplish. So can I give you a, a very small tool? Sure. So anytime, no matter what it is in life, if there's ever anything you need to overcome, the question that I always ask myself is what is the smallest thing that I need to do to do this thing? So whether it's overcome this roadblock, um, what's the smallest thing I need to do to get this thing done, whatever. But instead of, because a lot of times when there's roadblocks, like we see the this barrier, right? And sitting down and actually like figuring out what what is the smallest thing? Like do, if, if there was a landslide on the road that I need to get over, do I have to move all of the rocks at one time? Or can I find the smallest rock and move that rock out of the way? So that's the question I always ask myself. What What is the smallest thing I can do to get past this? And then, I mean, it's the same concept of like, how do you eat an elephant? What One bite at a time. So finding out, and then persistence and understanding that like it's going to take a while to erode whatever the obstacle is. And yeah. sitting in that discomfort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Matt, do you have anything else that you would like to add today? I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I think I'm good. Um, this has been amazing. And uh, I, I've been looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I feel like we haven't spoken in, in a lifetime. It was like a month ago or something, wasn't it? No, it was longer than that. <laughs> to me, it feels like three months because for me, like I don't do the live portion. Right. So I record so much in advance that I'll record with somebody and then it'll be like a month before their episode goes on, goes on the podcast. And and they're like, oh, oh, um, they'll they'll contact me a few days later. Uh, one one person did this, and been like, oh, um, uh, can you send me the link? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's not up yet. 
Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it's going really good with the podcast. We started a new, um, I guess, quote, mini series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're covering the, the 2022 municipal election. So I'm interviewing politicians and that goes on Thursdays. That drops on Thursdays. I'm interviewing politicians. Um, they're running for mayor or city council or school trustee. And they're either running for election or they're running for re-election. And I sit down and I interview them. And, you know, if sometimes I'll lay out, sometimes I'll push. Uh, just depends on who I'm talking to and what the subject is. And uh, and that's in addition to the, the mini-sodes that drop on Tuesdays and the regular episode that drops on Fridays. So you are so, yeah. really busy with the podcast. <laughs> Really busy to the point where my wife is so friggin' annoyed. I'm like, oh, I gotta go to this one interview, and she's like, Are you ever gonna get this fucking shed done? <laughs> and we're also we're a couple <laughs> we're a couple weeks late, but we're also uh, planting in the garden because mm-hmm. we have a huge garden that we we plant in every year, and we're a couple weeks late. So because. It was cold, and then it was just a little cold, little cold, and now, boom, it's plus 30 weather. Where did the fucking spring go? <laughs> we went from, um, well, not snow, because we barely got any snow this year, but we went I am from, so jealous. I, we got lots of snow. <laughs> we, we are going to be on fire again. We're, we just, like, it's just going to be so bad. So bad. Um, not looking forward to August because I'm gonna be breathing smoke for like the fifth year in a row. Um, but yeah, we went like thirty degrees, and now back home it's like gonna be eighty for the next week, and I'm just I'm not okay with it. I don't like the heat. It's not my friend. <laughs> yeah, but if you have to choose between the heat and cold, cold. All day, every day. I wear tank tops in the winter. Like, here's the thing. You can always put more clothes on. You can only take so many clothes off. My co-host, he wears um, flip-flops in the wintertime. Yeah. Smart man. (laughs) All right. Matt, it's been lovely talking to you. We will probably do this again. I'll hit you up again and get you on the schedule because this has been great. Um, but you have a great day and great rest of your week, weekend. And yeah, just continue living and loving life. Much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. There we go. I was just going to say, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. We'll see you again. Okay. Bye-bye.